0: Let's cut the legal jargon and get the straight talk. It's Lauren O'Brien with Legally Blonde. Well, it's not Legally Blonde today, it is uh, Legally Strawberry Blonde with uh, Tracy and Lisa. I can call you strawberry blonde, can't I? The the orange is oh, it helps. Not even on. Whoa, you're not even on. More, more of a copper, copper, I would say.
1: I am. I must. I, I'm dangerously underqualified to speak after that. In that intro there, um, I have absolutely no legal experience. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> We're
0: going to be talking about uh,
1: a very important
0: topic uh, from from a really from a survivor's perspective, um, least this morning, and uh, just a, a bit of a trigger warning. Um, the topic that we're going to be discussing uh, may cause some distress to uh, to listeners. If you do need assistance, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. That number again is 13 11 14. Now, New South Wales Attorney General Mark Speakman says that the state cannot afford to wait any longer to criminalise coercive control. Insisting that swift passage of proposed new laws through Parliament could mean the difference between life and life. And death. More than two and a half years of consultation, a parliamentary inquiry, and hundreds of public submissions have culminated in the legislation, which will be introduced into parliament this week and coupled with almost five million dollars for education campaigns and police training. Now, coercive control is often uh, one of the most misunderstood areas of of domestic violence. uh, There are, are several significant Areas. One of them is isolating you from your support system, monitoring daily activity, um, denying you freedom and autonomy. Gaslighting is a common, common one. Um, severe criticism. It really is a horrible, horrible thing. And in particular, limiting access to money and controlling finances is one of the uh, the biggest issues when it comes to uh, to coercive control. Lisa Richmond, as uh, as part of uh, what were you wearing? Australia, um, and here in Newcastle in particular, why is it so important that these coercive control laws and the legislation comes in and that it is criminalised? Why is it so important to uh, to victims and survivors?
1: I think that the main thing is that it brings to the forefront the um the gravity of those sorts of behavior behaviors you know the the pattern of threats humiliation intimidation that sort of thing that then can lead up to um being more physical violence and domestic and domestic assault so it's almost um you know by having those 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 laws in place and the the, the harsher punishments and um and making it known that it's not something that you can do do and get away with. Mm. Um, it's almost preventative of reaching the next stages of domestic violence and actual physical assault, which then can obviously um, occasion in in death as well. So um, it's it's almost getting in at that that early. Um, those early signs where, you know, things might start out as just trying to be controlling of different aspects of li- of, of a partner's mm-hmm. life and then escalate. So um, it is really important to have those laws and those um you know, that that conversation around that because, again, by these laws being passed and introduced, then it does open the conversation and there might be people who maybe have never heard of coercive control before Mm. and maybe didn't even know what that is. And by having it spoken about and having the laws introduced, um, more people are are made aware of, of what that is, the signs to look out for, and then obviously they can know that they can get help and support and have that stopped. One of the most common um, areas of uh, well, there's probably
0: two most common areas of, of coercive control. Um, one of them is um, is gaslighting. Now, that's obviously mm. only a, a very recent term that we've we've been using. Gaslighting. Um, if people don't understand what gaslighting is, how would you describe gaslighting?
1: Gaslighting is essentially making. <laughs> It's almost making the victim think that they're crazy in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, saying the the victim saying, "Oh, you did this," and then the perpetrator saying, "No, I didn't. That's that's not what happened." Mm. Um, essentially, making them think that yeah again they've they've gone crazy Them they're telling them that something is the way that it is when it's it's not um and it's also making the victim believe that they are the one at fault um mm. rather than the the actual perpetrator
0: it's basically based on lies and yeah. manipulation of the truth isn't it
1: exactly yeah it's
0: saying well no your, your hair's not blonde your yeah. hair is copper um you know it, it's it's manipulating things in a way that makes them feel better and makes you feel worse yeah exactly mm, it's quite horrible um you've been very open with uh, with your your issues and and uh, and your survivor's tale have you been the victim of gaslighting and i don't just mean in relationships i mean you know across it's not just relationships that coercive control can can be in play it can be in the
1: workplace mm, it definitely. can be in our social scene it can be anywhere can't it yeah yeah um, i think that in a way a lot of, of most people would have experienced mm. gaslighting in some way um as you said it can be in in various situations and various um relationships in um yeah in in previous relationship i have been um uh, a victim of gaslighting. Um, And again, you know, it's that almost you you feel like you're going crazy because you're being told one thing when you know the truth is another. Mm. Um, And uh, again, as you said, that gaslighting is something that it's it's a – I suppose it's a newer term, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, again something that people need to be aware of and to to understand what that is and understand the signs, um, because that is again one of those behaviours that can es- escalate. It really can, and uh, and as you said,
0: it's uh, you're made to feel like you're the crazy one.
1: Yeah, and, exactly.
0: And that <laughs> sometimes that's true, sometimes that's not true. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it, it really does. It diminishes your self-confidence. Mm-hmm. It diminishes your ability to be the person you are. And what I find quite astounding, and, and you know, we, you and I have had this conversation. We've also had it with Sarah, the founder of, uh, of What Were You Wearing? You know, the fact that um, you can be this powerful woman on the outside or, when, or man, it happens for both sexes, but you can be this powerful person. You can be this person who operates daily in a very high-pressured or in a very high-profile role Yet when you go home, you can still be the victim of gaslighting. That you can still be the victim of coercive control. It can happen to anyone and at any time.
1: Yeah, of course. And um, as you mentioned, we have we have spoken before that it's something that can affect uh, all genders or um, people of all backgrounds, of all situations, and um, something as well that is can be unassuming. I guess you know it looks like someone might be. Fine on the outside and has everything together and has it all, but then um, maybe they're, they're going home to a less than ideal situation. And again, it's so important for people in those situations to understand and recognise those those early warning behaviours and warning signs there um, before things escalate. And you know, to 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 call it out, to to get help, um, you know, to report it, whatever it is that you feel that you can do in that situation.
0: How long did it take you to realise that gaslighting and, and coercive control? was going on did you were you still in the relationship or was it not until you got out that you realized that you were the victim of coercive control
1: um I don't think I realized the gravity and the actual um, how bad it was until a few years later until I was older I guess and had more life experience and um, I you know at the time, friends would say this isn't Mm. right that's not that's not okay and And you'd go straight into defensive mode of your partner wouldn't you that's that's not not correct yeah yeah yeah. like no it's fine it's fine and then you know something might happen and then you sort of think oh okay yeah no that's not right but then you know obviously then they're they're sorry and they come back and then you go through it all again Mm. um but yeah I, I don't think it was you know I was in a a dangerous relationship when I was from when I was 19 till 21, uh, or nearly 22, actually. Mm. And, um, I, I was obviously I was only young at that mm. stage and it wasn't until I was older that and, and again the more conversation and um less stigma around those sorts of relationships and that sort of behavior um that you realize no that's not right mm. and I'm so glad that there is such an an open discussion around it these days and it's something that is um you know it's it's so prevalent in our society, which is oh. terrible. But the fact that it's talked about more mm. and the fact that people seem to be um, feeling more like they they can speak up and they can get help and they can report um is is such a great thing because, yeah, at the time that I was going through it, it was something that wasn't as much. Um, it just wasn't as no. widely spoken about. It, not just, at all. it just wasn't. So. No. Yeah.
0: No, not not at all. The other uh, the other big way that I mentioned was um, obviously limiting access and and controlling finances, uh, limiting mm. access to money and controlling the finances. Now, traditionally, that's you know that's the man used to look after the money. That's how you know in the olden days <laughs> it used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's long gone these days. Oh, definitely. Thank yep. God for that. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of women that are still. Part of that, you know, with, with the restricting of their finances, well, here's your twenty bucks a month. You know, you can go and yeah. go and live on it. Um, I love it. My my dad gets a he gets an allowance, but that's just because he's bloody hopeless and, hi dad how are you um but you know like that's that's all cute and that's you know, that's not coercive control it's coercive control is you do not have access to your money you do not know where your money is um you know there's there's money kept from you there's uh you know you you can only buy certain clothes and you can only buy certain foods and i could not that, that would just be to me that would be the worst thing known to man because i have i have real security issues when it comes to to money um, yeah, and uh, and that would that would really send me shroppo. If I didn't have access to my money, I think that would be that is the easiest way that someone could gaslight me.
1: Yeah, and there's a di- there's a, a very big difference as well um, between. Um you know within a relationship there might be someone who is more financially savvy who is the one that you know make sure that the bills are paid and, mm. and 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 whatever you know that's that's totally different to actually being controlling over finances yeah. and saying yeah, getting pocket money is not yeah yeah not saying, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah saying no you cannot have access mm. to that and you know this is all that you're allowed and you're only allowed to spend it on these things that's a very different thing to um having one person in the relationship which which often is the case mm. who is the i suppose oh, there's always someone who the accountant person Correct. you know yeah, most families have
0: have the the accountant yeah most yeah yeah and mom. that's yeah.
1: yeah and that's and that's fine there needs to be open communication around mm-hmm. those sorts of things so whereas um financial control where that you know actually comes in is when it's yeah it's it's the other person has no say and absolute no part in in what's happening mm-hmm. and um not just finances but in every aspect of their life, I suppose. How you look, how you dress, how you appear.
0: Yeah. Makeup you
1: wear. Yeah. The whole lot.
0: Yeah. How much, um, I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, you are on the board of what were you wearing. Mm -hmm. Um, How much of of your work and and your advocacy, um, and I suppose your one-on-one with survivors, how much of that is involved with coercive control these days?
1: Um. It's, again, something that people are talking about more and more, so we see it a lot. Um, and, again, it's something that you – it's its all about education um, and making sure that people are educated in seeing and knowing those signs mm. and those behaviours, knowing the pattern of behaviour. Um, and on the other side of it, you know, if you see that your friend is – potentially exhibiting those behaviours to to call cool them out. And um, it's it that's a big part of, of what we're wearing is that we we want to to educate people on, you know, these behaviours aren't okay and there is Another way, you know, um, not only for the people who are experiencing it, but for people who might be observing it and, and witnessing those behaviors to to know that it's it's not allowed, it's not all right. Mm. And um, yeah, you need to speak up and call your mates out. How much do you push your mate?
0: Because obviously, um, yeah, you can tell someone something until that you blew in the face.
1: Mm. How much do you push your mate? I have ended friendships and I've lost friends because their behaviours were crap, <laughs> mm. um, you know, you just – I i think that it's its a hard thing and mm. especially for guys, you know, to have to um, – to A, call your mate out on something mm. is hard, you know, say, so, hey, that's not okay, whatever. Um, but then if you're not seeing – the change or you've, you've got to really evaluate, like, is this someone that I want in my life? Are they worth sticking around for and sticking up for? And, and really, and the, the no. The
0: effect that it has on, on you as a person being involved in, you're not directly
1: involved in that toxic relationship, but it does leach out, doesn't it? As a bystander, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's something that we need to all decide that we're not going to stand mm. for. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, if, if people want to behave like that, then, they're going to end up being very lonely mm. and um, potentially, you know, with these new laws, um, in a lot of trouble. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. Now, speaking of the laws, um, it is the second reading in Parliament today mm. of, uh, of these laws. Now, basically what it, what the bill is, uh, is going to, to create is um, the fact that it's an offence of coercive control with appropriate safeguards um, in the Crimes Act of 1900. The standalone offence will carry a maximum sentence of seven years in jail and consists of five elements. So there's five things that need to be proved beyond reasonable doubt. So an adult engages in a course of conduct repeatedly and continuously. The course of conduct is abusive behaviour that involves violence, threats or intimidation, and this is the difference, and or coercive or control of the person against whom the behaviour is directed. The third is that the accused intends the course of conduct to coerce or control the other person. Fourth, a reasonable person would consider the course of conduct would be likely to cause the other person fear that violence will be used against them or a serious adverse impact in their capacity to engage in some or all of the other person's ordinary day-to-day activities. And fifth, the course of conduct is directed at a current or former intimate partner. So that obviously makes it very clear that it's not involving the workplace it is. It is all around um, intimate relationships. Yes. Yeah. But those five things are still going to be hard to prove, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always. It's always something. And, and and this is why a lot of people don't bother coming forward to report things because it seems too difficult or it's going to be too much to to have to um, yeah to prove things because quite often in those settings you know it's happening at home and it's one person's word against the others. And to,
0: as I said, you know it, it five elements to be proved beyond reasonable doubt. Mm. So we've got to prove every single one of those beyond reasonable doubt. It's great. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah. We're at least starting to see something. The second reading is uh, is happening in Parliament today, as I mentioned. Yeah. There's also going to be a media conference with the uh, the Attorney General and the Minister for Women's Safety and Prevention of Domestic and Sexual Violence today. Um, and there's also going to be a five million dollar campaign unrolled out with uh, to both the public and to uh, to our police to deal with this. Do you see that as a a good use of taxpayer funds? Should we be rolling out the $5 million or should... Personally, I think the $5 million should just be used on an education campaign. Mm. I'm sorry, but our police should be trained from their own budget.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned before, again, education is, is the key part um, and even just the fact that, you know, we're, we're having this discussion around this now and um, uh, it... it the more discussion and the more education, um, the the better we are at we – are, we are equipped at, you know, again, knowing those patterns and, and seeing that mm-hmm. behaviour, um, calling it out, knowing what to do, knowing what's right, what's wrong, all of that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. Um, I'm glad that it's getting the attention. Um, it is something that you would – I suppose assume that the police would probably already be able to handle but hope so, but, but you also know. I can understand the need for further education mm-hmm. you know based solely on Mm, on this, this new legislation. This new legislation, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And no doubt, obviously, uh, as what were you wearing, um, you know, the amount of lobbying you guys do, you'd be very pleased to see this start to roll through. I mean, obviously, it's not going to become law for a little while. It's got to go through the parliament. It's then got to go to the upper house. It's then got to go, obviously, to the governor. Um, there's a little way to go yet, but, hey, at least, at least we're starting.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. And once again, we're having the conversation mm-hmm. and um, it's, you know... It's it's the balls rolling. Something's Absolutely. happening there. Absolutely, listen. Thank you so much for your time for uh, for coming
0: in to discuss it because it is such an important issue and the fact that it's. Uh that it's now, you know, it's talked about that we're uh, we're understanding what it's all about. I think that's one of the most important things. Now, you'll be back with me in just a moment, but yes. uh, in the meantime, as I said at the outset, if this has caused any concern whatsoever for you, please, please reach out to Lifeline 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. We'll be back in just a moment with more of Newcastle In The Morning. You're with Tracy Mack. The information provided in Legally Blonde is for general information purposes only and should not be taken as professional advice Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life from what's on to what matters
1: Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines what it is why it matters and how it impacts your daily life Tracy Mac brings you
0: Newcastle in the morning weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.